Welcome back to another Geek Network interview, and today we're joined by Larissa Vale from Black Satellite, and your band is from uh, NYC, correct? Yep. All right, and how long have you and Kyle known each other, and when did you first start making music together? So it's really crazy. We actually met in high school, so we've known each other maybe like 13 years. Okay. Yeah, um, so we were always writing music together, you know, as we're going through school, and when I graduated college, we kind of took off, went to New York City, and that's when we really just started, you know, diving in and just doing full-time, you know, Black Satellite. Well, that's awesome. Are you, so are you guys not from New, uh, New York City? Uh, no, so we're orig- originally from uh, State College, Pennsylvania. Oh, cool. Okay. Interesting. I did not know that. That's one thing I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and let's see. I see that your tour starts uh, in a few days, so six days, right? That's right. It's crunch time. And you're starting here in Arizona. Hmm? You're touring this time with Cradle of Filth, Devil Driver, and Oni? Yeah, so um, this is actually, like, such a killer lineup, and we're just, like, so fucking pumped and honored to share the stage with such legends. So it's going to be a really great run. Me and two other people from Geek Network should be coming to the show. Oh, hell Yeah. Very excited to see it. Looking forward to meeting you guys. Yeah, we'll be there. We don't have shirts, but we'll be there. <laughs> Are you guys going to do any meet and greets at your table out there? Yeah, so we're actually running VIP on this run. Um, so you can pick up tickets um, at nationalx.com slash black satellite. And the link to that is also on our website. Okay, cool. Oh, by the way, on your website, I'm pretty sure it's listed as your 2022 tour and not 2023. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Just wanted to let you know. Thanks. I'll go check that out. So I know that it's a duo, so it's you and Kyle. Mm -hmm. But the band that you do tour with, do you record with them as well? Um, So it kind of depends. Um, You know, like we had Luke Holland track on our record because we kind of was was writing that before we met these guys. Um, so, I mean, it, it kind of depends. The, the people we're playing with right now, they're, they're not on the record, but we're definitely open, you know, whenever we're writing new material. So that's definitely on the table. Oh, awesome. Okay. And let's see, what inspired both of you growing up? What bands or musicians specifically? So for me, it was kind of like all that 90s, like Korn, Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, Deftones, Tool, that kind of thing. And then Kyle got me like really into like Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and like Ozzy. So that's kind of like his background. Okay. Speaking of Alice in Chains, I have a question here about that. You guys have covered songs from Type O Negative to Ramstein. Um, and since you're both big Alice in Chains fans, do you plan on covering any of their songs? Oh, God, it's so tough. I mean, we just, we really love their music, and I almost don't, like, want to fuck it up, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to hear myself sing it. <laughs> I just kind of really like his vocals. That's understandable. I, I can understand that, having something that close to you that you cherish as right. somebody else's work. But that being said, that really ties into how we approach covers in general. So we kind of try to deconstruct a song and, uh, you know kind of put our own spin on it because like I just mentioned if this is how I feel I'm assuming other fans out there they don't want to hear the same song with just someone else singing it so mm-hmm. I mean it's like kind of like a, a new approach you know a new yeah. way of, you know looking at the source material that's a good that's a good way to put it I like that because I've I've heard covers you know there's like pop goes punk or whatnot albums 
and they literally just take everything the exact same way and don't even put their sound into it, really. So yeah, I mean, that's what really excites us and why we choose the songs that we choose to cover because it's like, oh my God, it would be like so cool. You know, I'm hearing it this other way. Like what mm-hmm. if? And that's just kind of how it happens. Well, that's cool. If you guys ever put out an Alice in Chains cover, I'll be excited for that then. Hell yeah. Because I know you guys will work super hard on it. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So what genres were played around you both, or at least you then, growing up? So I have an older brother and we shared a wall in between our rooms. And so, you know, through all that teenage angst period, I was a lot younger. So he'd be like blasting his music. So it kind of, I, I kind of just like ended up emulating his taste. So it would go from like gangster rap, you know, like Dre, Eminem, Biggie, and you know, to like Marilyn Manson. So it's kind of like reminiscent of, you know, all the stuff of that period, you know, Limp Biscuit even. Oh, awesome. Okay. So it kind of stayed, kind of stayed true to the genre then. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Ooh. So I know you're excited about touring with Cradle Filth and Devil Driver. Big names. But if you could tour with any band ever, past or present, who would it be? All right. So probably, oh, God. Let's just go with present because that's that's safer. I really need to think Probably corn for me. That would be like a, Oh shit. Like, you know, I could probably just be like, you know, I'm good. That, that That's kind of what I wanted to accomplish. You know, I think I'd feel very satisfied. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Corn. Good. We'd like to hear it. <laughs> All right. And then from your music um, to your fans, is there any specific messages that you're trying to convey to them through your sound? I guess in terms of like, lyrical content because that's like my world so it's really interesting i only really write songs like about my feelings and from my perspective as opposed to you know a lot of artists that you know write about social commentary or you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. um because for me it's it's like a method of catharsis so i'm kind of externalizing my feelings putting it into the song and that's just kind of where i live so you know whenever we perform those songs like yeah those feelings come back which is why, like, you know, um, a lot of people like to say that we have uh, a very, like, authentic emotional performance. Because it's like, when we're on that stage, like, we're not bullshitting. Those are all real experiences and feelings. And, yeah, it, it all comes bubbling back up on stage. And I think that really translates to our crowd. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I'll be emotional during your set then. Don't worry. Don't, don't <laughs> you dare fucking cry. No, I'm just kidding. I'm there. Very easy to make me cry. (laughs) Whatever you want to do. However it makes you feel. I am a little scared of, like, the crowd that'll be in there. I'm not going to lie. I'm a fragile person, physically. Yeah. So, might not be getting too far into the the pit or anything like that. It's a little wild, I'm sure. (laughs) I'll just stand on... I'll just be on the sidelines. (laughs) Crying. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And, oh, is this going to be your first time in Arizona? No, actually, we've played Phoenix and Scottsdale before. Oh, what venue, if you remember? So we did Rebel Lounge, and then I forget the Scottsdale one. I remember what it looks like. I don't remember the name of the venue, unfortunately. Is it like a two-story one? No, it's kind oh, of okay. one. But what's really interesting is uh, playing Rebel Lounge. So it's actually like technically a coffee shop. Like I know that sounds mm-hmm. 
claim. But they had all these really cool, like, coffee tonics and cocktails and shit. But that's not what made this place cool. So it's just, like, a really different environment from, like, how I thought the night was going to turn out. So basically, we're on tour with Nita Strauss. And she's like, hey, Larissa, come to my green room. I want you to meet someone. And there's, like, fucking Alice Cooper sitting there with his wife. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, a little <laughs> And great, but this is fucking awesome. And so that whole tour, she had me singing Feed My Frankenstein with her on stage. And mm-hmm. she was like, hey, so we want like a, we want to do like a little gimmicky thing. So we were thinking like no one knows Alice is here and he can come up during the second verse, you know, and be like, give me the microphone, you know. And so that's exactly what transpired. And people just see him walk on stage and they like lost their fucking minds. They're like, wait a minute, what the fuck is going on? And that was just such a cool moment for me too. And then we ended up singing the song together on stage, you know, with his arm around me. And what's weird is everyone else on the tour package is like freaking out for me. And I was just, oh, yeah. you know, I am just like excited. I, I'm not nervous. Like, not that I didn't like care, but like, I was just totally psyched. And yeah. So I kind of was able to just suck, like take in the the whole experience, and he's sit, standing there side stage watching me sing his song, and I like don't even give a fuck. I'm just having so much fun, and yeah, it was just like a really cool, unexpected thing. So yeah, that's my Arizona story. That's awesome. That sounds like a core memory. Yeah, I actually love the Rebel Lounge too. It's a very intimate venue. Hmm. It's amazing. Uh, I know. And that's like all the more reason why people were like extremely shocked to see Alice Cooper there. Yeah. That, that would throw people through a loop. Yeah. I bet. Um, I know with the marquee, I've been there quite a number of times. It's a larger, definitely a larger venue, not as intimate, but still, I mean, there's no seating, so it's general audience and that's pretty cool. I think they have a catwalk now, but it'll still be really fun. I don't know if it'll be that core of memory, but Starting your tour off here. Right, it's gonna you never hard. know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, and is there anything in Arizona that you guys are going out to go try? You know what? I would love some recommendations because we're always passing through. So, like, what's, like, a cool Arizona thing? <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have ever had Filiberto's. No. Uh, fast food Mexican. No, I don't believe I have. So, if you go to any of the Berto restaurants, specifically, though, Filiberto's, Good Their know. food is just amazing. <laughs> As Jackie said in chat, the carne asada fries is where it's at. Okay. I'll if you eat meat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if there's much else in Arizona besides Filiberto's. Like tumbleweeds, right? <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly, which they're not supposed to be really? in Arizona, I'm pretty sure. I think they were brought over from a different country a long yeah. time ago. All right. And feel free to take a cactus home with you. I will. Pretty sure you're, it's illegal to take a saguaro home. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think they're protected by the state. Okay. All right. And if you had to be defined by one of your songs, which song would it be? Oh, my God. Man, these questions. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Can any artist be defined by one of their songs? I mean, I don't know. I think Probably not like the body of work. I mean, because maybe I'm, I'm super biased because of course I'm going to be like, I love the whole record, you know? And for us, I feel like it's a cohesive body of work that kind of, you know, ebbs and flows and 
kind of just tells like a, a story. I feel like each song is a snapshot of our experiences up until this point. So can I really say that one song defines us? Because it's all of those experiences that define us. And I, I think that's as much as I can say. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, I'm sure any band would feel the same way if they really care about what they're doing. Because you you start with one song that you've put out and then you just continue moving forward and you, your sound changes, your experience change. So, and you can look back on past songs that you've recorded as memories and then exactly. compare it to the now. And we're always growing. Do I want my past work to define me? No. You know? Exactly. I like that. All right. And you just finished recording, recently finished recording uh, the newest album of yours, Aftermath. What can you share with your fans about what they should be expecting in your sophomore record? So um, the new record, it's a, it's a bit of a departure from, you know, the foundation we laid with our debut, Endless. So that record's kind of uh, along the lines, you know, there's a lot of different influences. It's, it's more along the lines of there's a little bit of alternative, some metal, uh, some industrial, but we kind of, you know, it's funny when we're doing like the typo covers, we felt more free and experimental because there's no expectations necessarily. Um, and we were like, all right, let's just like, throw out everything that we did before, just like start fresh. What, who are we right now? And then we were really digging this like heavier, darker sounds. So we really kind of just wanted to lean into that with our sophomore record. And of course you're going to have songs that, you know, sound reminiscent of, of our debut. Um, so that's kind of the reason why we launched void as the first single. I feel like it's, it's a really great bridge between, you know, what we did with our debut and what we're doing with endless yeah, and so we're actually dropping a new song, Broken, tomorrow. So I don't know when this interview is going to air, but it's probably going to be out. And that one, we just come out of the gate swinging brick shit house. So that <laughs> definitely give people an inclination of where we're going with this record. That sounds good. Uh, yeah, I don't know when the podcast will be out. It should be out before you guys start tour, we're hoping. One of our people in the Geek Network cast is working on editing for the first time. So he'll be able to start helping out with editing podcasts and all that. So not just one person has to do it. Nice. So hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, I have one from one of our guys, Daniel. He wants to know as songwriter, as a songwriter, songwriters, what is the biggest challenges you guys face? Maybe each other. <laughs> I mean, all right, like, for us, it's it's a little bit easier. I mean, it, it's just challenging with lots of personalities. So anytime you have too many cooks in the kitchen, which is why we kind of felt like the duo thing worked for us. It's not like we tried to do that intentionally. It's just, you know, people come and go, you know, personalities clash. Mm -hmm. And then we had some people leave. And then we're like, well, we're not going to let this stop us. We're still writing this fucking record. You know, um, and then it just ended up being the two of us. And we're like, you know, this kind of really works. And most most often than not, it's it's almost like a subconscious chemistry thing where I'm like, all right, I, I kind of see like where we're going with this. And we can just kind of like sync up telepathically. So sometimes we butt heads. Most often we don't. But. Okay. And you, you and Kyle both write the lyrics, right? Um, I, I write all the lyrics. Oh, okay. It's, it's interesting because on the first record, like, all the instrumentals are kind of like half and half. 
But on Aftermath, we kind of just wanted to try something different. So back in the day, a lot of people, you know, would like build out houses and convert them to studios and just like crash there for months writing a record. We kind of wanted to do the same thing. So we kind of took over my mom's house. She graciously stayed somewhere else. So we were camped out there with our engineer three months straight, didn't leave the house and just lived and breathed this fucking record. And it almost created this weird sense of isolation. And we kind of, we got ourselves in like a really weird mindset. I mean, if you're just only obsessively writing music, not going anywhere, but it's kind of really interesting that that minds like what that mindset was able to create for us because then you have songs like void which you know is uh delving into the deeper parts of your psyche and just figuring out what the fuck is even down there because who even has time to think about that shit but when you literally just lock yourself in a room endlessly and don't speak to another human being you kind of end up going down this really interesting path <laughs> oh man <sighs> that sounds extreme but so did it take you guys the full three months then like start to finish? Yeah. So that became like from writing to finishing tracking. And so oh. that, all right. So what I was going to say is uh, the writing process of aftermath is drastically different from what we did with endless. So basically um, playing on the sense of isolation, we'd want to try this writing exercise. So Kyle would just write all the instrumentals in another room. I wouldn't even hear them. I would then take that, sit in another room by myself, write all the vocals, melodies, lyrics, you know, until it was like, this is it. And then our engineer would put it together. And then we would hear it, what we did separately for the first time in the mix. And we're just like, whoa, what the fuck? Dude, that riff, riff is awesome. Or like, damn, I really liked what you did here lyrically. And it was kind of interesting because it was kind of like that telepathic thing. Like we we're all on the same page, even being completely isolated. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So your mom let you very nicely. Shout out mom. <laughs> let her ha- uh, use the house. Yeah. So were you guys just in different rooms for that amount, amount of time then? Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I was like on the upstairs floor and then he'd be like downstairs and then we'd switch off. Oh, wow. That that would be crazy. But for you guys to have that kind of basically like telepathy, just to like come together and it just works so well. That's amazing. I mean, it was fucking cool. We, we had um, a studio built on the third floor, which was my old bedroom, which is technically like an attic. And we ran cabling down the staircase and wrapped it around the banister. And then I literally like tracked vocals in this little vestibule that's like in front of the bathroom. So we put up all these sound editing curtains and stuff. And I was essentially like in a black abyss. Like I couldn't, there's like no light, couldn't even see anything. It was like, I was just going super fucking animalistic. And I don't know, this record is really fucking fun to make. (laughs) Oh, wow. I bet it'll be fun to listen to then. Yeah. That's got to put you in a, like you said, like a wild headspace to be just so alone, like physically alone for three months and then coming up with all of this stuff. That's crazy. I like that. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I have another one from our friend Daniel. That is multiple rockers have always said that touring can really take a toll on your mind and body. Do you have any routines that you do to stay sane or anything in particular to help keep your body rejuvenated for those high energy crowds? 
So, I mean, we're total road dogs. I mean, we just love being out. I think the longest tour we ever did was like almost 13 weeks. So that was like 54 shows in a row. And uh, after COVID, you know, we kind of tried to make up for lost time. So I think we actually played like 154 shows in like a year. So, yeah, I mean, that's a really great question. You know, to be honest, at some point, shit just fucking happens on the road. Your vehicle breaks down, your gear gets fucked up, someone steals something. And it's just, I think you kind of learn to rely on the camp that you're with, you know, your band, your crew. And as long as you stay like a unified front, you can kind of just get through all of that bullshit. You know, it's it's just once you start losing that sense of camaraderie is when morale drops super fast and people fly off the handle. So it's always like checking in with each other, you know? So it's not like I'm so responsible for like just my own mental well-being. It's like, we're all there for each other. So it's like, Hey dude, you kind of look like you're having a rough day. Like you good? But yeah, you know, and then, you know, I mean, we love hanging out with like Mario Kart watch Netflix. I mean, we're really like a tight knit family. So I guess I don't even know what I would do without my tour family. I think that's exactly what keeps us sane. Mm. Okay. So you did just mention Mario Kart and Netflix. So I've got to ask, uh, who's your main in Mario Kart? Um, Dry Bones. That makes sense. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle is always Link. I like Dry Bones better. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, for Netflix, do you have any show recommendations? Oh, God. I mean, when we're on tour, when, like on a, on a certain run, that's when Squid Games is a huge thing. So we're watching that. And then the last run we did, we were watching Dahmer. And right now we're watching Last of Us. So we're trying to get our bass player Mark all caught up. So he literally like stayed up till four in the morning, like binged a bunch of episodes. And this morning he's like, guys, I'm caught up. We can watch episode seven. <laughs> Oh, man, I've only watched the first episode of The Last of Us. And I feel bad because my roommate is like, hey, let's watch. It's time. And I'm like, oh, I just don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Um, Any show that you continuously watch, like just a show that you can watch every all the time. I mean, I'm kind of like, really, like, I'm kind of like weird. I'm different than everyone else. I love like all those like period dramas. But then, like, at the end of the night, I'll just wind down with some, like, really shitty reality TV. Like, love reality TV. Crash. Just, so it's, like, totally fine if you drift off to sleep. It's, like, doesn't even matter anyway. Yeah. Like, Jersey Shore? Oh, my God. No, no, no. I don't know if I've, I've sunk that far. <laughs> I'll definitely let you know when I hit that point. I was a teenager. I watched it on, like, MTV when it first came out. So it was wild. Yeah. Netflix does have some... Oh, Jackie said, hit trashy TV point with The Circle on Netflix. Oh, my God. Okay. We actually watched The Circle together as, as a as a group, like, last time we were doing rehearsals for tour. And at first, like, we are like, super into it. But then it's like you watch so many seasons. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, well, actually, I was still gung-ho. But now my band's like, <laughs> and they're like, are you still watching The Fucking Circle? Like, we're so over it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I just watched The Perfect Match on yeah, Netflix. I was literally just going to say, yeah, Perfect Match. I was watching that one, too. I and like, got so into it. It's so bad. They're so terrible. <laughs> but it's like, it's just super entertaining, too. Yeah. And so much of it is staged. Totally. 
So yeah, rituals, um, you said basically making sure that everybody in your tour family is a-okay, doing good, keeping it tight. Have you guys had anything ever stolen from you while you're on tour? I think like people like made off with some of our like guitar boats, just like guitar stands. Nothing like major, but um, one time our bass player, like he just bought like a, a new wireless rig. It was like over a thousand dollars and he used it like twice and then like forgot it at a venue. And then we, sh- we load in the next day and he's like, fuck, oh my God. Um, but you know, luckily the, the venue staff was kind enough to recover it and mail it to us. But other than that, like we're really fortunate, um, knock on wood that, you know, we haven't had any, like anything major, like show breaking. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, not good that things have been taken, but good that it hasn't been show ruining. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just shit. You can just buy a guitar center. (laughs) But it's yours. That's not cool. <laughs> Don't take from people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ooh, have you had any onstage mishaps, sort of like when James Hetfield had his mic accidentally unplugged by a techie mid-performance? Yeah, I mean, so this has happened to me a few times. So we're on in-ears, and my belt pack will just go flying if I'm jumping around like a maniac. And it was actually at Rebel Lounge, because we're all squished in on the stage, and the drums had to be, like, to the right of me. So we're all kind of, like, in a line. So my belt pack goes flying during our closing song. And uh, basically, when that happens, I don't hear anything. Because my headphones are now unplugged. I can't hear myself. Can't hear the band. That's it. I'm in the dark. And I, I keep singing, you know. I'm trying to listen to the, the room sound. And I see my belt pack over there, but it's right in front of the kid, and I can't reach it. Like, I'm physically trying to, like, climb over it and, like, around these wedges. And, like, we're at, the, like, the middle of the song. And then some lady, like, sees me. Like, because I wasn't, like, panicked. I know what's going on. And so I'm, I'm always like, you know, don't freak out. If you fumble around, you're going to fuck up more. So just, like, focus on what you're doing. Like, there it is. I just need to pick it up, plug it in, and I'm good. I can't reach it. This lady picks it up for me. And ha- literally hands it to me on stage, and I like plug it in, and I was like, "Oh, thank you." Fist bumped her. Yeah, that, that's happened a couple times. And it's just like, "All right, where's my belt pack?" Okay, cool, we're good. Got got his security even more somehow. Then and then another time, this was literally on our last tour with Drowning Pool. I'm just like jumping around on stage, and then um, the zipper on my pants breaks, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Luckily, I was wearing black underwear. <laughs> But, you know, I'm like, you know, if I'm confident, I'm just going to, like, distract people and they're, they're not going to know anything. So I try to, like, almost overperform so that they're, like, distracted about my performance, not about my wardrobe. And, you know, it's – I was – this is what I was telling myself. I was like, maybe it's dark enough. It's like, they're not paying attention. But then basically, those were, like, my only stage pants I had for the rest of the tour. So I had to like manually take a needle and thread and sew them onto my body every night and then cut them off. Oh God. And then, yeah, sometimes I'd be like, Oh fuck, I need to pee. And then we have to go on and I'm like, but I don't have time to like cut these pants off my body and like sew them back on. Like, but it ended up being fine, but you know, <laughs> Jeez, shit happens. That, yeah, that's true. 
But like, so you must have gotten really good at sewing, or have you always been good at sewing? I don't know. I, when I was a kid, I used to try to like make my own clothes and shit, but no, it was like a total hack job. It was just <laughs> very functional. As long as it worked, it worked. Yeah. That's all you needed. And then, oh, you have a degree in cinematography? I do. Okay. What made you get that? It's, it's really funny because, well, maybe it's not funny, but I never <laughs> wanted to go to college. I just felt pressure to go to college. I literally only applied to like one school and like, ended up getting in and I was like, fuck, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to be like, sorry, mom, I'm a failure. I didn't get in, you know? Um, no, but I always had, I, I had like a really good GPA. So I was like, shit, I'm totally going to get in. This sucks. Um, it's probably like <laughs> not the right thing to say, but I was just way more interested in writing music. And I was like, well, I don't need like a degree in music to be a musician. And now I'm kicking myself. I was like, shit, I, I should have studied audio engineering. That would have been so helpful. But no, I was always very visual do a lot of visual art too. Basically, like since I was a kid, I was super into cinematography. So um, I did that, and honestly, that ended up actually really paying off. So thanks to my parents for forcing me to go to college because now I actually um, am super hands on with like all of our music videos and stuff. Okay, yeah, that's where that was leading. Um, does yeah, does it help when it comes to working with the music video directors and getting the point down on what the message you want the video to deliver? Exactly. So I'm so particular about, um, you know, what I envision for each video. I basically come to my director and I'm like, okay, this is like exactly what I want to do. Um, so we build all of our own sets from scratch. So you're, you'll see in the broken music video, we have this kind of HR Geiger alien-esque uh, kind of scene that we, we built with these like black tentacles and goo and slime and... Yeah, so it, it's, it was basically me at home for hours, you know, with like duct tape and shit I bought from Lowe's, just like <laughs> building these pieces of the set from scratch. So we basically show up to the studio. Uh, we did a whole like pre-pro day the day before and like totally transformed it into this other universe. And honestly, like my director like said, I mean, I, I thought that, you know, I was worried I'd be a little bit overbearing. But actually, mm -hmm. he was like just, he thought it was like a breath of fresh air. He was like, okay. Because we were like so on the same wavelength in terms of like how we see the shots, you know, um, that kind of thing. And so we're a really good team. And that's why it, it just makes it so much more exciting when we're creating together. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Okay. So you have very hands-on when it comes to the music videos then. Absolutely. That's cool to know. I like knowing that. I mean, literally while we're showing, he'll be like, all right, here, check out the shot, you know, through the camera. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. What if we do this? And we kind of feed off of each other and sky's the limit. We kind of have been known to do really crazy shit in our videos. So um, I'm excited to see what's next. Oh, that's super. Yeah, I don't know how many other bands would actually do that and get that into it. I mean, giving their idea, yeah, but, you know, having that knowledge for the cinematography right. and the film and video. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, I feel like we just already went through all of the questions. The most important one, and I, I did write this one. I wrote a lot of them, but I did write this one. Do you or Kyle have any pets? We do. We, uh, we have two cats. Um, a fluffy calico with a split face, half is orange, half is black. Her name's Ivy. 
She's like a, a grumpy old lady. She's ten years old now. She she only loves me and Kyle, but like is super skittish and everyone else. And then uh, during COVID, we actually found a, a cat outside with Kyle's family. We found a cat outside in the garage, living with like a mom and a few babies. And they were feeding them for a couple weeks. Then the mom took off with three of the babies. This one little cat stayed behind because he's like, I don't know, like, fuck you guys. It's warm here. There's food. <laughs> it was middle of winter. He's like, I'm not going back out there. So he kind of chose this life for himself. And once we saw the photo, we're like, oh, my God, we'll take it. So we literally adopted like a stray kitten and and now he's just the sweetest cuddly little thing. He he's white with orange spots and his name is Max. We actually Aww. had to um, get rid of our cats today. Kyle's mom took them to our house to watch them while we're on tour. We're gonna miss them. Oh, I'm so sorry. No. I would I totally understand that though. Especially like well, one of them is ten years old, so you've had them for a long, long time. You've had her. Years old, yeah. Yeah. And the other one is a COVID kitten. Yep. COVID pets are so different. I know. So different. So I am. Yep. My dog is just like waiting outside my door. Like he wasn't with me 45 minutes ago. (laughs) I mean, like he'll just sleep like nestled right under my chin and like lick my face, waking me up in the morning. Oh, so cute. That's going to be a hard one. That's going to be something to miss on tour, huh? All right. And Larissa, I'd like to know if there's anything you want to mention, any questions you have, anything that you're like very excited for, looking forward to on this tour. So I guess I would definitely check out our latest single, Broken. It's uh, available on all platforms. And yeah, check out this really cool alien-esque music video in this universe that we were able to create. Sounds good. And that is, um, you can find Larissa and Kyle's music on all streaming platforms under Black Satellite. Did you, is there any reason behind that name? I didn't ask you that. Um, you know, it's, it's actually kind of funny. When I was like 15, I was like trying to think of band names or whatever. And it was actually completely random. <laughs> oh. I think it's, you know, for one reason or another. But um, it just, just kind of sounded cool. So I agree. It does sound cool. And yeah. I like the emblem you have back there. I guess I would add that this is the heaviest set that we've ever played. It's a completely new set. We built it from the ground up and you know, it's going to, it's going to be fucking mayhem. So I'm really excited to, uh, to share this with everyone. And you know, we're, we're always at the merch booth. So, you know, come out to the show, come say hi. Um, we love chatting and meeting everyone. I will see you at the merch booth. Cause I know exactly where they are in the marquee. Yep. <laughs> All right, Larissa. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time today to hang out with us. I know that this has been a scheduling issue, but we're really excited to see you here in a few days. Make sure you tag us when you try the carne asada fries from Filiberto's. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Hey, whenever the tour is over, let us know. Maybe we can do it again and have a recap on it. Will do. All right, Larissa. You have a great day, okay? Too. Thanks. See ya. (laughs) 